Welcome to Beyond the Pulpit with Pastor Brent Snook from First Baptist Church of Glen Estee in Cincinnati, Ohio. Today's episode is part two of a conversation between Pastor and his daughter Tiffany about how to deal with disappointment. As they approach the two-year anniversary of the passing away of Pastor's wife and Tiffany's mom, they share what it's like to be weighed down by suffering. If you missed part one, you may want to listen to that episode first. But for now, we pick up in the middle of the conversation on dealing with disappointment. Continuing on with this conversation about suffering, what advice would you give to somebody who feels very weighed down by their suffering? Like they just, they can't see past what they're going through at that very moment. So it might not be losing a spouse, but whatever it is that they're suffering. Right, right. Well, that's a, that's a very important question because there's a, I've seen people, they get weighted down with whatever their huge burden is and they never get out of the hole. Mm-hmm. They never are able to move on from that burden. And so when people that are listening say, man, I just can't hardly function. Mm -hmm. There's three quick things that come to my mind. Number one, lean into God, lean into him, lean into him, lean into him. How do you do that? You better stay in God's word, but I don't feel like it. Then you better get into God's word morning, noon, and night. When you don't feel like it, you better lean into it. Uh, I think of Joy when every after her horrendous surgery, we had to get in the car six weeks later and go downtown to UC Hospital. She could hardly sit to get in the car. I had to help her in the car, help her out of the car, go to UC, wait, all of that. Guess what? There wasn't one day she felt like it, mm-hmm. but there wasn't one day she missed because it was necessary. We, it is necessary for us to be in God's word. And so number one, when you feel like you're weighted down and you're too burdened down and you can't function, you better lean into God, number one. Number two, you must have community. Nobody feels like going to church and having community when they are so burdened down. Guess what? I, I watch people right now. They're not in church because they lost a spouse or they lost a parent. Or they lost a child. They are nowhere to be found, and they can't seem to come back. This is the place they need to be. Is it hard? Yes. I could. I drug myself to church myself and stood behind a pulpit, and I preached. You say, well, it's your job. No, I could have, I could have retired. Yeah. I could have quit. You know? No, it was what I knew God had called me to do. So I came I prayed, I preached, and yes, I limped back to my car and would drive home to an empty house. But I knew I had to be with God's people. The third thing is we need to serve others. I mean, we need to serve others. I don't mean to keep referring back to my sabbatical, but um, I I went and spent three days with a pastor so that I could be blessed. I went and spent four days with a pastor so that I could be a blessing. And people have said, wasn't that so hard for you? Because, and he even did apologize over and over again because he was asking me questions because his wife is struggling with stage four cancer. And, you know, people have said, wasn't that so very difficult for you? No, it was just the opposite. 
it was it was medicine for me as well. Yeah. Did I do it for me? No, I did it for him. But I benefited because God wants us serving each other, and that's what it's all about. And when people people may say, "I don't know where to serve," go down to Children's Hospital and just look at people, ride the elevator up and down, and just tell them when they come in that elevator with tears or get out. I want you to know I'm going to be praying for you when you leave. Um, mm-hmm. I, I never like to make myself sound good, but I sat for one time every week at a certain hospital where Joy had to have chemo. And it was so difficult. I sat in the cafeteria all for four hours and I brought extra money and paid for people's lunch. And sat in a corner, and they didn't even know who was who paid for it half the time. And I didn't care who it was. Some sometimes it was a doctor; yeah. he could have paid for my house. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes it was a nurse. Sometimes it was random people who were there, and it was evident. Why did I do that? Because I needed to just do something for other people. Right. And so, those are the three things: lean into God, get back into church and small groups and go and serve other people. Well, and I think that's amazing advice. So I'm glad you shared that about things that you did because I think it's good advice to people because even like we talked about last time with friendship and stuff, it's like if you feel like, why isn't that person talking to me or why aren't they reaching out? Maybe maybe something's going on in their life that you don't know. So reach out to them and say, hey, how are you? You know, or whatever. And so getting outside of our suffering and looking at others. And it comes in stages. You know, I mean, uh, the first several months, you're just trying to function. Mm -hmm. You're just trying to go day by day. You know, it will uh, be two years this coming Saturday. And, And am I still devastated? Yes. Am I functioning in a better way? Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, I can serve other people better in this past uh, six months or eight months or a year than I could the first, you know, six weeks to six months. Right. How about, um, so you kind of referred to the trauma and, and what mom experienced. You know, we don't need to go into that with people, but we had to watch her go through a lot. And so that's a lot mentally that people don't know you carry or you probably at the, you know, a year ago you carried it more. I would think right now you're probably reliving some of that, like you said, but because you walk through trauma, here's my question. Do you feel like you're more fearful for more trauma to come into your life? Well, I want to answer this correctly. Um, At this stage, I I think that it depends on, you know, I know that I have a vast, uh, we have a vast uh, age group of people that are listening to this. Mm -hmm. For me, the answer is no. I do not have more or feel more... uh, fear because of the past trauma. Mm -hmm. But I don't have children living in my home. Mm 
Mm-hmm. I don't have that responsibility. I feel like, uh, actually, do I fear that more because of the trauma I've been through? Uh, I think my answer is no. Um, I'm less fearful. Really? Okay. Because part of me, and, and again, uh, <laughs> I wish people were all standing before me because they would see my face and could get my feeling because I don't want to give them a wrong feeling, but I, I believe that at this stage in my life, um, I love my kids. Anybody that knows me knows how I love my kids. And anybody that knows me knows how I love my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And anybody that knows me at First Baptist, I hope knows that I have a passion for First Baptist in pastoring. Right. But at the same time, I'm ready to go. There's nothing that is here that says, you know, um, you, you know, if joy was here, I would have more, maybe more fear of leaving her mm-hmm. because of the responsibility. At the same time, um, you know, I, I, I care more about things like how my kids are doing spiritually, how my grandkids are doing spiritually, how my the people at church are walking with God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what... Uh, so maybe don't think of it as trauma, like you going through something. Okay. Like you personally. Like think about it more from the standpoint. So me as a mom, which you, I know you're kind of saying that, but I think like if something, if I had to watch my mom go through all that she went through and then eventually she passed away... And we prayed and prayed and prayed and God saw fit to take her to heaven. Okay. So for me, in my mind, I'm like, what could happen to my dad now? What could Mm. happen to my husband now? What could happen to my kids now? What could happen to my friends now? Right. So not just you and your health. Do you know what I'm saying? And to go back to my answer, I totally understand that. If I was your age with my children in my home, Mm-hmm. Yes, the yeah. answer would be yes. But at my age, now I can honestly say before God, and maybe I'm just a little blinded, but I think the answer is I'm less fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, okay, I remember the story of the of the elderly woman. Not that I'm elderly. <laughs> I am not elderly. <laughs> but the the elderly woman that was flying on a uh, on a, a plane. And the pilot came on and there was all kinds of turbulence and it felt like the plane might go down and everybody on the plane was panicked, totally panicked. And that woman sat there as calm as could be. And the person next to her said, why aren't you so traumatized? Mm -hmm. She said, because I have my daughter, I am headed to see her in, and I can't remember what state I'm headed to see my daughter But if the plane goes down, I have a daughter in heaven and I'll go to see her. Mm. Okay. She was elderly and she had raised her kids. And so it's easier to be able to say that. Paul said when he was a bit in age, he said, for me to live is Christ. I've got purpose here. I'm going to live for Christ. But he said, if I die, it's even better. If I were your age, it would be a different answer. Mm -hmm. How is that? That's actually a really good story. And yeah, 
Look, I'm like, we're getting ready to get on a plane in a couple of weeks, and I'll be the one sitting there with my praise and worship in my head, praying, God, please get me there and back safe. Cause and I'll be very calm. I Yeah. And it's, I don't know. Because I have Part of kids. me wonders, do you think, though, it's a woman, like women no, struggle with no, it more? Okay. No. <laughs> no. Well, I'll work on that. I'll be happy to stay right here with my family, but I have a wife. Yeah. that I will be happy to see. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And what advice, okay, how about this? What advice would you give to somebody like me who doesn't feel like that? Would you give me any advice? The advice would be I understand okay. because I think it's normal for okay. you to feel the way you're explaining mm-hmm. and to just continue to do what you're doing and, you know, and and being leaning into God as you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another question for you. I know that you are a man of God. I know that you read his word. I know that you trust him and his promises and his word. But do you ever feel like the path he gives you to walk is too hard? Like, do you, have you ever felt that way? Like this is too hard to walk God. And I don't know I know in, in the beginning it was probably the hardest, yeah. but no, I, or unfair. I, okay, then I will. Now I'll show the other side of me because that the last answer sounded like, oh, he he must have it all together. No, okay, then now that's a good question to follow up. Um, do I feel like it's too hard? Do I feel like it's been too hard? Absolutely, it's too hard. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely devastating. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, (laughs) you know, because to lose a spouse when you are deeply in love is absolutely devastating. But when we are desperate, we then do what? If, If our heart is with God and we're trying to walk with God, when we are desperate, we seek him in greater ways. And when we seek him in greater ways, what happens? We find him. Mm-hmm. in stronger and better and clearer ways. And so uh, has it been hard? Yes, it's been devastating. Um, but, you know, I've got to just keep trusting the Lord and be desperate for Him. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a lot of times people, you know, I feel like um, through the Bible study that I was talking about that we're doing, it it brought up like, certain things that come out of your tragedy. Okay. So we experience a huge tragedy and grief in our life, but because we had to walk that road, it brought this for our life. So maybe it's something spiritually, Mm -hmm. maybe it's something relationally. Do you feel like there's been any sort of good thing that out of this tragedy has come? Or are you able to say that yet? Well, I would say that obviously this is the greatest uh, trial and mm-hmm. the most uh, just devastation that I've ever faced. There are not words to describe it. And yet I have never felt the presence of God in my life like I have through all of this. And so one day when I get to heaven, I'm sure that we, you know, Paul tells us 
that the you know that uh, the trials that we go through are temporal, and when we get to heaven, we'll see that it was. He says it was but for a light. It was a, a light situation, and it was a uh, seemed but for a moment. Well, it doesn't seem like that now. Mm-hmm. It seems like an eternity that I am having to live this. But yeah. when I get to heaven, it'll all be different. There's there are benefits that I see for ministry. There are not benefits that I see for my uh, happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't go home. I won't leave this tonight and go back home and be, uh, you know, I would be happy if I had joy to go back to. Mm-hmm. But God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And what he brings into our life, if we will keep our eyes focused on him and look to him, the ministry, I'm not talking about ministry at First Baptist, our our life with ministry becomes broader, deeper, stronger, more helpful to the people that watch us and that we strive to help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just want to close our time talking about this with the verse um, Hebrews 12, 2. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so I just, I read that verse while I was preparing for this podcast and thought that's really powerful. And over the last two years, reading the life of Jesus that he lived here on earth for me has spoken to my heart. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, how has the life of Jesus in God's word spoken to your heart in a new way? Has it helped you in a new way these last two years? Yes. I, I think, you know, to answer that in maybe a different way, it's comforting to me to look at um, Jesus as our greatest example or to look at Job or to look at Moses or to look at Paul or to look at... I said this in a, a podcast uh, quite some time ago, but I had to camp out and live with some of those people for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't go to the highlights of their greatest victories of David killing uh, Goliath. I went to David having to be on the run because his son's trying to kill him and take his throne. That's where I camped out. I camped out with Job and Moses and these guys because I needed to see that I'm not alone. Yeah. I'm not alone. I can't, you know, what's our greatest uh, vulnerability when we feel like we're alone? What does Satan try to get us to feel alone mm-hmm. from the standpoint that nobody else, even when it comes to sin, you know, Satan's two lies are you'll never get caught. And then when you end up in your sin, what does he tell you? You'll never get out. You're alone. You'll never get out. You'll never be delivered from this. Okay, that's temptation. What about trials? And so I, I lived with these guys for I lived with these guys for quite a while. And that's all I read. Mm-hmm. I just read and read and read and found great comfort because I saw that they kept standing, that they survived going through the deepest trials of their life. And so it helped me to know before joy passed away that there's hope. I right. can survive. 
after Joy passed away, and I felt like I can't make it a day at a time, but a day at a time, I knew there was still hope because these guys made it. So our greatest example is Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. and that's a great verse because um, I need to see that I'm in good good company with Jesus as well. The Bible that that verse says he suffered, Mm -hmm. he endured, and now he's at the right hand of the Father. That tells me that we suffer. We need to endure, or I'm in that series right now. We need to finish, right. and one day we're going to be in heaven at his at, at the throne as well. And so, yeah, that verse is a wonderful verse, and it helps me tremendously. Mm-hmm. Well, and what else would you say to somebody from the life of Jesus, just believers, if they're going through this in their life? This is putting you on the spot. But what from the life of Jesus could they look at? Like if they're looking at things with friendships, if, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Different things that Jesus went through in his life, that whatever disappointment somebody is living in right now, they could look to. Okay. Jesus suffered more than anybody ever suffered. Mm -hmm. He went to the cross. That was the purpose for him. Obviously we all know that, but he rose again and there was a better day because he went right back to heaven. He accomplished his task. I'll go back to my series. He finished what he came to do. And what we need to keep before us is in the difficult, hard, hard times when all we can do is persevere a day at a time. We need to remember there's a better day coming Mm -hmm. and there's light at the end of every tunnel, Mm -hmm. even when we can't see it. And even when we're in the middle of the tunnel, you know, you go, yeah. when you first get into that tunnel, man, you're in shock. Your eyes are trying to adjust and right. you can't focus right. And then at some time you're in that tunnel. And sometimes it seems like you're in the tunnel for a long time. But thankfully, there is light at the end of that tunnel. Mm-hmm. And God, Jesus, through his son, Jesus Christ, is our light in every circumstance and in every situation. Right. Well, thanks for opening up and a new way today, Dad. I know I asked you some questions that maybe were out of your comfort zone, but seriously, I I appreciate the your walk with God all my life, watching you and Mom. But and even you brought up Mom's suffering and how she wrote, she studied her Bible, you know. And I think does it make you want to like live better for yes, Christ? Yes, and I'm going to share a little bit about that. On Sunday in my sermon. Okay. And I'm going to because it is two years yeah. on Saturday, the next day on Sunday, I'm going to share a little bit of how she finished. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Well, they can listen. If you don't come to church here, you can listen to Dad's sermons, and it is the first pulpit podcast. And so if you look that up, you'll find all of your sermons there. That's so. right, because... I may be preaching that this Sunday in the podcast, maybe coming out <laughs> afterwards. So let's just be That's honest. true. That's true. All right. Well, we appreciate all of you guys listening and joining us. And honestly, we appreciate, we know that you pray for us because a lot of you email in or tell us in person that you're praying for us. And it's just meant the world to our family. So we thank you for that. We thank you for listening. And if this has been a blessing to you, Please share this podcast with somebody else. 
And um, we look forward to seeing you next time.